Bag your bookish perks with a 14-day free trial of Book Riot Insiders. Sign up for a monthly or yearly novel subscription, and the first 14 days are free. Wishlist upcoming new releases that you're dying to read, get exclusive podcasts and newsletters, enter to win swag, and check out the new release index curated by yours truly. It'll help you keep track of the most exciting upcoming books. So come on in. Your bag of bookish perks is waiting. Go to bookriot.com insiders to find out more. All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 185, and today we are talking about books being released on November 20th, 2018, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Maria Christina Garcia Lynch, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello! Hello! We had an adventure. We did! So last week, I went down to New York City for the National Book Awards, which Maria Christina was also attending. I slept on her couch. I hung out with her small human, who is the most delightful small human I have ever met, ever. She became very attached to Liberty very quickly. But can you blame her? Liberty's awesome. Oh my goodness, she was so funny. (laughs) Also, like, I'm really jealous of people that have an ex in their name. Like, I don't want to say her name if you don't want to... (laughs) the general public to to know her name, but I just think that makes you so much cooler already. Yeah, she had a head start on that coolness, but but definitely my my spouse and I are much more fond of her knowing that she has the Liberty Seal of Approval. (laughs) She was a riot. Oh my gosh, and Um, my cats were all over Liberty. That was fun too. I went to sleep with one on top of me and woke up and the other one was there. <laughs> it was a magic trick. <laughs> and then you had to go back home and now we're just talking on the phone again like yeah. it never happened. Oh, and we also went to the National Book Awards. Oh, yeah, there was that too. <laughs> There was that. Yeah. Uh. We saw, well, you got to see the whole ceremony. I just went to the after party. Yeah. But I did, I did get to see Nick Offerman like walking around the place. <laughs> but like I did not it. approach him. No. Yeah. Um, He's like led by his beard. It's so formidable, it like kind of leads him places. It's, it's it might the be reputation magic. that precedes him, is yeah. his beard. I read, I read his book that he and Megan Mullally run, wrote recently. Yeah. And he said that he doesn't, he doesn't do uh, photos. He hates people asking him to do a photo, but he doesn't think it means anything, but he likes to shake, shake people's hands and talk to them. But that's, I was afraid if I went up to Midwestern. him. solid Yeah. Uh, but I was like worried if I went up to him, who knows what would come out of my mouth. I'd be like, I saw you naked in Deadwood or something like that. And it would be terribly embarrassing. Missed opportunity. <laughs> so I stayed away. <laughs> but that was lots of fun. Yay. So um, I'm just going to say it because you can probably hear it in my voice, but I have a horrible crashing migraine. So um, I might be a little loopy today. And we'll, we'll, make this one, we'll make this one quick and dirty for you. All right. That sounds good. I'm going to start off with a quick and dirty book. It is My Sister, the Serial Killer by Oyinkan Braithwaite. It is so good, but it's very, very small, so I don't want to give too much away, so I can't tell you much about it. But it's about two sisters in Nigeria. There's Karide, she's the oldest, she works at a hospital, and there's Ayula, who is the youngest. She is, like, the most beautiful woman in town, she doesn't have a job. She has everything handed to her, pretty much. 
Um, she's the favorite of the family. And, but Karide, you know, she's jealous of her, but she's also very protective of her. So much so that when Ayula keeps murdering her boyfriends, <laughs> her own boyfriends, um, Karide goes and helps her cover it up. Uh, and so at the beginning of the book, Ayula has just, oops, she's killed another one. These things happen. Uh, and so Karide goes over and helps her get rid of the body and bleach the floor and do all the stuff. And she's just like... You have to stop doing this. So there is a doctor at the hospital where Karide works who uh, she is secretly in love with. He's a very nice, kind, handsome man, and he doesn't talk down to her, and she's just so in love with him, but she's afraid to to tell him. And then one day, Ayula comes to visit her at the hospital, and the doctor sees her. And then after her sister leaves, he asks Karide for his her sister's phone number. Oh. And she's like, oh. Because now, like, here's her, her darling young sister, but here's the man that she loves. And he and she also knows that she her relationships don't end well. So she doesn't know what to do. She's very conflicted. And so then there's, there's that. And then there's also some stuff with their father, who was a horrible tyrant um, when they were younger. There's uh, something that happens there that I can't really say too much about. Like I said, it's a small book. Um, it's so fantastic and smart. And you know sometimes, like, authors write books and then people are like, this is the meaning that this is this and this is what you were going. And they're like, okay. Because <laughs> this might not be what they were going for. But here's my interpretation. <gasps> oh, give it to here's, us. Here's my interpretation of the novel, in part. It's a razor-sharp satire about... The treatment of women and beauty. Um, Ayula is drop-dead gorgeous. Like, literally, people drop dead because of her. And she gets away with murder, literally. Because she gets everything she wants. She has everything handed to her. Men fall at her feet. Uh, you know, and Karide is not beautiful according to society's, you know, standards or, or the norms. So she must work harder and she sort of loses out on things to women who are more beautiful than her. Uh, and it's also, you know, it's about how, like, women are also, uh, about how women are treated in Nigeria and in the world, again, having to do with the thing that happens with their father. Um, it's just, it's so fantastic. Like, it's just so good. And the cover, oh my goodness, might be my favorite cover <laughs> yeah, of the it's year. A, it's an awesome cover. As soon as I saw the title and the cover, I was just like, ooh, this is going on my TBR. And as soon as you snagged it for this week's podcast, I'm like, okay, I'm going to save it and see what Liberty thinks. And I'm so glad to hear that you loved it. Now oh, I can't wait yeah. to dive in myself. Yeah, I kind of hope, I, if they haven't sold the rights, which I haven't heard, but um, I want it to be a movie. I loved it that much. So again, it is called My Sister, the Serial Killer. It's by Oyenken Braithwaite. All right, and uh, let's get all of the violence out of the way <laughs> at the top of the show here, because um, my next pick is called How She Died, How I Lived by Mary Crockett. And this actually came out November 13th, so a week ago, but... Uh, in this book, you've got a narrator who's this girl in high school, and she is just lounging by the pool, relaxing before school starts. And, uh, like, you know, over the summer, she gets a text from this guy that she just casually knows. 
And she's about to meet up with him when the guy she's dating texts her and makes plans with her. So she ignores the text she got from this this other guy, goes out with her boyfriend. Later, it comes to pass that this random guy had texted five girls that he knew. And the one who answered and agreed to meet up with him, he ended up raping and murdering. So right away, that's that's the beginning of this book. And and if you are squeamish or you don't want to read about any kind of violence against women, that's, that's something that you might want to stay away from. But the, this book then jumps forward a year from that day. And the guy who, who committed this crime is about to be sentenced. There are some legal things that are happening that the the narrator has to deal with in terms of talking to the the prosecutors because they're trying to figure out what kind of sentence they're going to seek, what kind of sentence he's ultimately going to receive. And this, this girl feels just so much guilt because it could have just as easily been her. Um, it could have been any one of these these five girls, and it just so happened that it was it was her friend Jamie who texted back and was kind enough to say say oh you you need to talk yeah I'll, I'll show up and 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 we can hang out and it ended horribly for her. So if you're if you're looking for a thriller or a mystery, this this is not going to be it. You you already know the facts of this this crime, and because it jumps forward a year it doesn't necessarily deal with the immediate aftermath of of horrific crime but it's more about moving on and the different ways that people do that and because these are teenagers they do it in a in a really just in the in the way that teenagers do most things where you're a little stupid but probably also wiser than adults give you credit for and you're just figuring things out and this is a hugely terrible thing to have to figure out at that age how to how to move on especially when you have some kind of survivor's guilt um, but this book does a really great job of illustrating the different ways that people deal with moving on the different pace that that people can take it at and really highlights the fact that you we need each other when we're going through rough things like this um and and I should also mention too that there is a there's a scene in the book there's a party scene where this drunk high school student tries to tries to sexually assault the narrator but she headbutts him and a bunch of other people start ganging up on this would-be sexual assaulter. Uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty empowering in that he says, you know, what are you doing? You think you can just walk around here? And she's like, yes, yes, I can just walk around here. Um, so there's also a, a window into, into the things that that women are, are speaking up more about being subjected to on a semi-regular basis when it comes to men feeling entitled to their attention and their bodies. And it's, it's really nice to see that, that this is a 
very empowered narrator, protagonist, um, even if a lot of that comes out of this fear that she's had ever since, since averting the tragedy that befell her friend. So this is How She Died, How I Lived by Mary Crockett. And oh. yeah. All right. So, Would you please tell us about our next sponsor? Yes, I will definitely do that, even though I have absolutely no transition for it. I know. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I got nothing. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> our first sponsor today is Simple Contacts. Simple Contacts lets you conveniently renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your contacts from anywhere. In minutes, it's vision care for the 21st century. You take this vision test. It's self-guided. takes less than five minutes. It isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. That is very important. But it will save you so much time when you need to renew and reorder. It's designed by ophthalmologists, and a licensed doctor reviews every test. So you skip the office visit, but not the care. Simple Contacts has all the brands and types of lenses you're familiar with, so you never have to shop around to find your lenses at the best price. Best of all, Simple Contacts saves you money. The vision test is only 20 bucks, and their contact lens prices are unbeatable, and standard shipping is free. So... Yay! That sounds pretty awesome. I have been a contacts wearer in my life, and man, sometimes just making the appointment, finding the time, getting in there to have someone poke around your eyeballs is too much. So so this sounds like a pretty, pretty neat service to save you some time and money. And guess what? You can what? get... $20 off of your contacts at simplecontacts.com slash all the books or enter code all the books, all one word, all caps at checkout. Again, that is simplecontacts.com slash all the books or enter code all the books at checkout to get $20 off of your contacts. Yay. All right. Speaking of eyeballs, <laughs> no, I, I, there it I is. still have no, no uh, segue. <laughs> uh, my next pick is a Japanese mystery. It is Newcomer by Kaigo Higashino. It's translated by Giles Murphy. Oh, excuse me, Murray. I can't read my own writing um, through the, the blinding pain in my eyeballs right now. That's eyeballs. Uh, so it is a fantastic character-driven Japanese crime fiction novel. That was a lot of description. But it's so great. Uh, it, and, like, I want to stress that it's really character-driven. If you were looking for a thriller to just plow through and just all plot, it, this is not it. But it is wonderful. It's about uh, Sergeant Kaiga, who is new in town, hence newcomer. He is assigned to the case of a murdered 45-year-old woman. She is new to the area herself, uh, she's found strangled in her apartment, and the sergeant goes and investigates, and he finds, as he goes along, that there are actually a lot of suspects for someone who hasn't been around town very long. He visits the places she visited last, he 
checks out the purchases she last made. Uh, he digs into her past to find out the reason for her move. Because he knows that somewhere in one of these places, in one of these purchases, is the clue to her death and who the murderer is. Uh, so like I said, if you want a fast-paced mystery, this is not it. But the sergeant is such a kind detective. I really enjoyed his methods. I, I love reading about investigations. Um, he really wants to get to the heart of the motive of the murder, not just like find the killer, but you know discover why they did what they did. Um, and he's just very smart and kind. So again, it is called Newcomer. It's by Kaigo Higashino, and it's translated by Giles Murray. All right. Uh, my next pick is Water Snakes by Tony Sandoval. And this is a graphic novel. And it is proper scary. Like, it is... I, I just thought... I look at the cover, and you see these these pretty badass-looking female soldiers. And it... Okay, that looks pretty cool. And and I started reading it. And horror isn't isn't really my thing. It's a big no for me just because I'm I'm pretty squeamish. But the world of this book sucked me in and so when the the graphic novel did get like graphically gory in places, I, I couldn't put it down. Uh, I needed to see this this through. So there's this girl, Mila. And she becomes friends with a girl who, who, as it turns out, is a, a ghost. And she is carrying the essence of an ancient fallen king within her body in the shape of an octopus. And her teeth are all soldiers that used to be like the female guardian squad of of this ancient king so this follows them on on an adventure as they try to restore this octopus king to his rightful place uh and at the same time maybe it'll save this girl ghost so that she's not quite so ghostly anymore at the end it's it is horror I would say but it's also a fairy tale and it's horrific in in the sense that lots of fairy tales were pretty gruesome and gory before they became disnified so if you enjoy any kind of fairy tale type fair and and this is just some pretty gorgeous artwork too even though it gets Gets a little creepy at times, um, and a little, a little more bloody than I usually like. Uh, this is the graphic novel you should check out this week. It is called Water Snakes by Tony Sandoval. Now, I love this book. I read a galley of it when it came out, or not when it came out, but like a galley many months ago. And I don't know what it says about me, but I didn't even register that it was very scary or bloody. So, really? <laughs> so I don't know if. Okay, well, maybe it's because, like, I was reading it in bed at, like, 1 a.m. with all the lights off. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it must be, but I was just like, this is really cool and fun. But, I mean, I loved it. I, I Especially the teeth thing. Like, I was all for it. Um, so, I co-signed that recommendation. Um, my next pick 
is I'm actually going to tell you about something that a lot of you are going to want to know about, either for yourselves or for someone else. Uh, and there were no galleys of this because, you know, when I explain to you what it is, I like to, I got a lead up. Um, it's Fire and Blood, 300 Years Before a Game of Thrones by George R.R. R. Martin and illustrated by Doug Wheatley. This is a giant new George R.R. R. Martin book. Uh, it's not a continuation in the Song of Fire and Ice story per se. It is instead the first volume in a two-part volume history of the Targaryens. Uh, it takes place 300 years before the events of A Song in Fire and Ice. Uh, so if you're like you're a Game of Thrones fan, you've been watching the show, um, you know about Aegon the Conqueror, you know he created the Iron Throne, and you know that they speak of when dragons used to rule the skies and there were always, there were dragons everywhere. And now in the show, this isn't a spoiler for anyone who hasn't read it or watched it, you know, Daenerys is the only Targaryen left and she's headed to to claim the throne again. Uh, she's the mother of dragons. Like, you've seen her a million times yeah. in all the photos. And, uh, and she's awesome. And so this it would make a great present for people who love Game of Thrones or for yourself or for everyone. And I just thought people should know because I feel like it, it's like an actual, like, he wrote this. Yeah, and yeah. That, I, I, I feel think like this is many... a good thing to put out there because yeah. we, we give him so much grief for not wrapping up the series yet, but he's yeah. just been busy. He's been doing stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, so this isn't like, this isn't Winds of Winter, which is going to be the next book in the series, but um, you still get George, if you're a fan, you still get George R.R. R. Martin writing, and uh, I didn't even realize until I was reading the description that it was only the first in a two-part the man writes a lot of pages, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, and there, there's this fantastic essay that you can check out online that uh, Neil Gaiman wrote many years ago called George R.R. R. Martin is not your bitch. <laughs> and it's about how, you know, people are always so angry and at him for not writing fast enough and how like creators don't owe you anything really. Um, it's, it's really interesting. I think about it a lot, uh, because there's a new Erin Morgenstern book coming out. Yeah. But just before her announcement, you know, I follow her on Instagram and she'll be like, here's a photo of my new cat. And people in the comments are like, what? You book? And I just like wonder what that must feel like if you, as if you don't have enough pressure, like, <laughs> you know, people are just doing that. Um, so if you need a taste of, of GRRM or GERM, should we call him GERM? That's fun. I mean, uh, that is what his friends call him, and we are nothing really? if not his friends. No, I have, I, no, I, I have no idea if any of you. <laughs> oh, I totally bought you. That's <laughs> a, I was like, that's a rock fact. Um, so, again, it's called Fire and Blood, 300 Years Before a Game of Thrones by George R.R. R. Martin and illustrated by Doug Wheatley. And again, I have no segue <laughs> uh, for our final sponsor today, but it is... Ritual Vitamins. Traditional multivitamins weren't doing women any favors, so Ritual reimagined one from the ground up. The result? Essential for women. Two daily capsules made with the nine essential nutrients most women lack. From D3 to Omega-3, Ritual Essential for Women fills the gaps in a woman's diet, all with a fresh minty flavor and no fishy aftertaste. And all of you obsessive label readers will be happy to know that Ritual's ingredients are vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. A subscription is easy to start. It's just a dollar a day to have all the essential nutrients your body needs delivered right to your doorstep every month. So I talked about 
the Ritual Vitamins a few weeks ago. Uh, I started taking them. And I have to say, I've signed up. I'm I'm going to continue with them. Nice. Um, I, I really, I don't know. Like, it could be a coincidence, but I feel really good. And I'm not saying, like, like magically, you know, feel better. But, I mean, I was taking, like, a million vitamins, including, like, these horrible tasting, just awful things. I don't know what they're made out of. Um, they were just awful. They're and made so out of vitamins, agreed, Liberty. What's that? They're made out of vitamins. Yeah, I take something called a blood builder, which is as disgusting <laughs> as it sounds, and um, because I am vegan, and so I am switching up. I'm going to keep taking these because I'm really enjoying it. First of all, you op- like you open the bottle first thing in the morning, and it smells like mint, and it's like, ah, oh, it's a nice Aww. way to start your day. And you know, I've I've been feeling good, and I have energy, and. You know, I can't say that it's the vitamins, but I can't not say that it's the vitamins, so I'm going to keep taking them. So I think that's a pretty good endorsement. You know, I'm going to keep it up on my own. So um, whether you're living life or creating it, why not add some good-looking science into your daily routine? You can visit ritual.com slash books to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash books. Cool. All right. Um, and no, no, like, segue whatsoever here. <laughs> but, it's we're segue free today. Uh, the wheels were turning for a second and no, don't got it. <laughs> um my next pick is Labyrinth Coronation Volume One. And this is a a trade paperback of a well, it's actually a trade hardcover, of a comic book series written by Simon Spurrier, illustrated by Daniel Bayliss, with Irene Flores, Mattia DiMeo, Matt Smith, and Michael Dialinus, colored by Dan Jackson, lettered by Jim Campbell. And if Labyrinth sounds familiar at all to you, it's probably because of Jim Henson, who created the movie Labyrinth, and this is... This is a a kind of prequel to that story. Um, So so the premise of of Labyrinth is not necessarily something you have to be familiar with before you start reading this. But uh, it kind of takes this, this story sort of takes place concurrently with what's going on in Labyrinth because the uh, at the start of the book, the Goblin King, who was played by David Bowie in the movie, he has kidnapped this baby and is is hanging on to him. He's given his big sister uh, a deadline to, okay, you need to get to the center of my labyrinth. And if you do, by by the time the deadline comes you can have your baby brother back so he's he's just chilling kicking back with this baby while he waits to see what ends up happening with with this big sister who's trying to make her way through the labyrinth and while he's sitting there he starts telling the story of another child who was once kidnapped by the goblin king and that child in that story is this Goblin King, played by David Bowie. Uh, so you get to find out how he ended up coming to the labyrinth and and growing up there to become the Goblin King, uh, I assume. Because so far in, in this volume one, he, this Goblin King that we know 
in the movie is still a little baby, and it's it's not his sister who's going through the labyrinth trying to save him. It's his mother. And I had I had so much fun with this book. It's it was uh it was a little bit of a rough week for me, and it was just nice to to kick back with this this trade paperback and I love Jim Henson. It was a lot of fun to see the world of Labyrinth in these pages and you you really get you really get a good sense of the live action people next to these these creatures um that were were created and operated by puppeteers in the movie. Uh, it's it it looks like that. It it really nailed the look of the film, and it's a great story that's being told too of this strong mother who is going to do anything she has to do to get back to her kid, and she's just a real fun badass. And I I am a trade waiter. I cannot I cannot keep up with single issues, but I'm on pins and needles waiting to see. What ends up happening in the next the next arc? So that is Jim Henson's Labyrinth Coronation, Volume One. You're making me want to go get it right now. <laughs> I loved Labyrinth. I know. I saw it in the theater for my ninth birthday. Oh my gosh, Liberty! Yeah, that was pretty exciting. Wow. Um, I just I loved it. And I want it now. Um, so I was going to talk today about the new Cat Howard book, The Cathedral of Myth and Bone, but it has been moved for the third time. Ugh. It has now been released in January. Uh, so I want to mention another book because uh, it's the end of the year, and as we've mentioned many times on the show, publishing kind of gets a little wonky, and there's not a lot coming out. And we do some wrap-up shows, like best-of shows. And so starting next week, Rebecca and I will be doing um, our anticipated releases of 2019 because we're going to have, like, a two-week break because the holidays fall on Tuesdays. Uh, So this book is coming out next week, and I want to mention it now because you need to know about it. I haven't read it. Jen has read it. Jen has a galley. Super jealous of that. It's N.K. Jemisin's first collection of her short stories. It's Ugh. called How Long... So jealous. <laughs> I, uh. It's called How Long Till Black Future Month. And like I said, it's N.K. Jemisin. She is the three-time Hugo Award winner. She is the first author, because she won for the... Um, inher- uh, the Broken Earth. Which, in, yeah, Broken like Earth the trilogy. Whole trilogy. I, I always want to call book. it the Inheritance Trilogy, but it's the Broken Earth Trilogy. She won the Hugo three years in a row... Every For every book in the trilogy, she's the first author to ever do that. She's the first author to ever do that for a trilogy. Um, it's, it's She's just amazing. So I can't tell you anything about the stories because I haven't read them, but it's N.K. Jemisin. Like, she's incredible. Uh, so mark this down because next Tuesday, the 27th, which is my brother's birthday, you can call him and say hey because I'll probably forget, um, <laughs> you're going to want to pick this up. And speaking of amazing covers, man, like, we just lost our minds at Book Riot when they sh- when they did the cover yeah. reveal this summer. Ugh. It's so incredible. So that's my last pick, and hopefully in January we'll be talking about Cat Howard. Uh, fingers crossed. So again, it's called How Long Till Black Future Month, and it's by N.K. Jemisin. Yeah, I'm so excited for that one. Yes. Okay. Um, I have the last pick of the day, and this is... As a City on a Hill 
by Daniel T. Rogers. This is a nonfiction book, and it is it is all about the the famous uh, document that that we get the phrase uh, "a city on a hill" from when when it's used in a political sense. Um, and I remember in in high school coming across the whole story of yeah John Winthrop on his way over to Boston with a bunch of Puritans gave this gave, gave this speech about his his hopes and dreams for the new world and how they were going to be as a city on on a hill um, and it was something that that came up in history class when they would talk about the settling of America by the English colony people and uh, colonists. That's the noun I'm looking for. And then it came up again when we were talking about more modern history because Peggy Noonan, Ronald Reagan's speechwriter, inserted it into one of his most famous speeches about a city on a hill, and just this idea that that city on the hill is is now America, and it's come to represent some kind of American exceptionalism that is heavily saturated with these ideas of, of a Judeo-Christian chosen people kind of thing going on. And what this book does is breaks all that mythology that's that's been built up around around this this sermon is what people call it and recontextualizes it first of all it it tells you all about okay look this the story that you've heard about him delivering it to the passengers on the boat he was on probably never happened this is this is actually probably how this came to be written by him and and here is how it was probably circulated and also just points out that this wasn't something that people really remembered or paid all that much attention to until the mid 20th century. Uh, so pointing out all of the things that are, are really just this legend we've built up around this sermon, which was, was called a model of Christian charity, but it was, it was, it's been remembered for this one line towards the end about a city on a hill. And the best part about this and what I think makes this nonfiction book really valuable in this time and place in America today is that it it takes this this textual analysis and historical analysis and and uses it to show that what John Winthrop really meant is with this this whole model of Christian charity sermon is that we are a city on a hill in that everybody everybody's got their eyes on us they can see us and we will be judged by whether or not we are good to each other especially those of us who are less fortunate and that meaning is something that has really become lost and it's what I think is really important to reclaim right now. So uh, with Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday, if you're only going to read one Pilgrim-centric book, and I don't know why you'd want to read two, uh, 
It should be this one, As a City on a Hill, by Daniel T. Rogers. All right. So those are our new books. What are you going to read next? Well, um, I have a copy of Empress of All Seasons by Amiko Jean lying around here because it was Book Riot's book date of the week last week. So I had to take pictures of it for social media. And now that I'm done with all the pictures, I can like get my fingerprints all over this this hardcover <laughs> and and, you know leave pens in the middle of it as bookmarks and let my kid accidentally pick it up and pretend she's reading it even though she can't and mess it all up. So so that's what I'm going to be reading because now I don't have to be so precious about making it camera <laughs> ready. What are you going to be reading? I am very excited. Uh, this summer somehow I had a Led Zeppelin renaissance and just all I wanted to listen to this summer was Led Zeppelin because um, you don't need a reason. Well, but I, I kind of <laughs> I kind of went away from them for a while, but I came back hard. Um, my parents were teenagers when they had me, and despite you know being children and not knowing what they were doing, they had excellent taste in music, uh, and so I knew about Led Zeppelin and a lot of related bands, and and I just love them. And so I got this book called Bring It On Home. Peter Grant, Led Zeppelin and Beyond, the story of Rock's greatest manager. And I know, like, just from reading about Led Zeppelin, some of the stories about their manager, Peter Grant, he was he was six feet tall, he was over 300 pounds, and supposedly he dangled people off balconies yeah. in hotel rooms. When I, I think he, that's all I know about him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the famous story is, you know, he dangled people off balconies, like in the movies, uh, when he wanted them to do what he wanted. And uh, just, like... There was so much excess and, you know, just suitcases full of cocaine and money and just all this craziness going on. Uh, So I'm really interested in reading about that. So, yeah. So, cocaine suitcases. That'll be a good way to live vicariously while you nurse your migraine. (laughs) Yes, I know. It was still fun to talk about books while I had it, though. And now I know that there is a very dark room waiting for me. Um, There's a dark room waiting for all of us. (laughs) Um, so, on that note, that's all for today. Thank you to our sponsors. Go to bookriot.com slash insiders to check out your 14-day free trial. You can get contacts. Go to simplecontacts.com slash allthebooks or enter code allthebooks at checkout to get $20 off your contacts. You can visit ritual.com slash books to start your ritual vitamins today. If you want to let us know something, you can drop us a line at allthebooks at bookriot.com. You can find us on Twitter. I'm Miss Liberty. Mary, uh, I can't speak. I almost called you Meowy Christina. That's your <laughs> handle. Uh, Maria Christina's handle is Meowy Christina. That's M E O W Y C R I S T I N A. And if you would like to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone, if you celebrate it. And happy Thanksgiving, MC. You too. And in the meantime, happy Happy reading. reading.